I'm Cameron Silsby, and I head up all of the Van City communities. There's a question that lingers in the back of a person's mind throughout their life. Who am I? It's a question with an ever-evolving answer, and is often answered with an ambiguous set of reference points. Are you your life stage? Single, married, parent, grandparent? Are you your interests? Movie lover, history buff, foodie, techie, gamer, sports fan? Are you your personality? Kind, organized, easygoing, extrovert, introvert? Are you the good things you do or the bad things you do? Who am I? It's a question of identity and how you answer it often determines your priorities and values. Grab your Bible if you don't already have it. We'll read Colossians chapter 1 starting with the second half of verse 12 through verse 14. Colossians 1 starting with the second half of verse 12. The Father has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Last time we were in Colossians, we left off where Paul had said that giving thanks or expressing gratitude to the Father is one of the marks of a life that is pleasing to and worthy of King Jesus. And now, Paul wants to explain why the Father is worthy of gratitude despite the current circumstances that the Colossians found themselves. What we do know of the city of Colossae is that it was highly pluralistic. Pagan religions shared the cultural space with mystery cults that shared space with Judaism. And into that context stepped Christianity that claimed that Jesus is Lord. And that was a problem. Colossae was somewhat known for how they blended different religions and philosophies, so it would be no problem to claim Jesus as a god right alongside the pantheon of gods and, like a buffet, just take bits and pieces from all of these other religions to fill out your belief in Jesus. Because surely to be right before God and to ensure power over malevolent dark forces, you must have more than just Jesus. So Paul has to explain why the Colossians don't need more than Jesus. It's actually the reason Paul wrote the letter in the first place. With all that context in mind, Paul says that the Father is worthy of gratitude and praise because he has qualified the Colossians to share in this inheritance in the kingdom of light. This word qualified is interesting. It could be translated that he has made you competent or has made you enough. It's the Father's action on behalf of the one who chooses to apprentice Jesus. They have been qualified or made competent or made enough. And how he has done this is by bringing a person from one kingdom into his kingdom Verses 13 and 14 may make you squirm as Paul might seem to you to be drawing a line between the good guys and the bad guys, you know, the darkness and the light, the people who follow Jesus and the people who don't. But that's not what he's doing. He's using words like rescue and redemption that were associated with slavery to describe what the Father has done in Jesus. 
the mental picture Paul is painting is one where prior to Jesus, the Colossians had been enslaved under the power of the kingdom of darkness, trapped there in the chains of their own sin. But in Jesus, they have been redeemed or purchased out of slavery and darkness and oppression. Those chains of sin have been removed and they have been brought into freedom, light, and the Father's love in the kingdom of his Son. The kingdom of darkness has no say over who the Colossians are anymore. This is true of you as well. Perhaps this is easy for you to conceptualize. There was a definitive point in your life when you started following Jesus marked by a significant change in how you thought, desired, and lived. But maybe for some of you, there was a gradual change from that point. Nothing seemingly miraculous or sudden happened, but over time, you have been changed by God's Spirit working on you like a slow drip. It's hard to pinpoint a moment when you went from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light, but it happened at some point. Or maybe for some of you, you decided to follow Jesus as a kid, and and you don't really have any concept of enslavement to sin or being under the power of some kind of kingdom of darkness. And that's not necessarily a bad thing at all. And it also doesn't make what Paul is saying irrelevant to you. What Paul isn't saying and that we'll see later in the letter, is that once you have been made enough or qualified or competent for the kingdom of light, you don't sin anymore. No, there there is still a bent and broken part of us that is drawn towards the shackles of sin and enslavement. What Paul is saying is that in Jesus, your identity has been fundamentally shifted from slave to free, from darkness to to light. That is who you are, even as you desire the shackles. Your identity is grounded in the identity of God, in the goodness of the Father who has done this, and the faithfulness of Jesus who he has done it through. Today, I want us to take a few minutes to use this text to shape our imaginations And then take time in praise and gratitude towards the Father. Find a quiet, distraction-free place. If you're able to, have some worship music playing quietly in the background during this time. Invite the Holy Spirit to speak to you as you take this time. Ask the Holy Spirit to then search your heart for sin and brokenness for things in your life that belong in the kingdom of darkness rather than the kingdom of light. This could be your struggle with anger or impatience, pride. You could struggle with being judgmental or apathetic or lust. Allow God's spirit to bring these things to mind, but realize he will not condemn you for these. That's not how he speaks. He does speak with conviction, but not condemnation. After a few minutes, use your imagination to see the rescue and redemption you have in Jesus. One way could be to imagine yourself shackled in a dark space. The sin you've brought to mind are the shackles. Now imagine Jesus stepping into the room. The room brightens with his presence And he reaches down and breaks the shackles off your wrists. 
he then offers you his hand. And as you take his hand, he leads you into the light, free of your shackles and the darkness. You are now in the light, full of the love of the Father. When you feel you've allowed this imaginative prayer exercise to linger long enough, take time to sing a song of praise to the Father for, for what he's done in Jesus. This could be a cappella, or it could be to a worship song on your playlist. Realize that while this exercise was in your imagination, it is grounded in the reality of what God has done in your life. May our hearts praise you, Father, for your goodness and mercy. May our hearts praise you, Jesus, for your faithfulness. May our hearts praise you, Spirit, as you bring out our new identities day by day. Mm-hmm.